1: This premier hockey podcast featured on allhabs.net brings you the latest news, in-depth analysis, and expert commentary about the NHL's most storied franchise, the Montreal Canadiens, hosted by Rick Stevens and Michael Spinella. Our team of credentialed journalists provides behind-the-scenes insight on the Canadiens designed to inform, entertain, and engage Habs fans around the globe. We are proud to be the trusted source for all things Habs for more than a decade. This is the Canadian's Connection Podcast.
2: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Canadian's Connection Podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio keeping you informed, engaged, and entertained. My name is Michael Spinella and I'll be your host for the next hour. This is episode 226 of the Canadians Connection podcast and I'm very pleased to be joined in the studio by my co-host, the editor-in-chief, the founder, and the president of Rocket Sports, Mr. Rick Stevens. And Rick, how are you doing today? Are you surviving this like insane snowstorm that seems to be going on?
0: Just completely hungered down and and uh, and uh, yeah, surviving so far and uh, right near my computer, so I can I can
2: vote for
0: Cole Caulfield for the All Star, for the All Star game. Ha- have you voted yet for Cole Caulfield?
2: I've put out a couple votes actually. There are a couple players across the league that I feel like I wanted to pay some respect to, but uh, of course, uh, Cole Caulfield. I think that's probably my number one pick uh, with the season he's having. Uh, certainly scoring a lot more than I predicted at the beginning of the year. Uh, I think scoring a little bit more than you thought as well, right?
0: For sure. Um, and we we know that that Nick Suzuki will be going to the all-star uh, game. Um, th- there is a fan vote going on right now. And if you go to the if you go to Twitter and you go to the Gohabs Go hashtag, all you see is hashtag hashtag Nhl all star vote. Cole Caulfield and Habs fans trying to get him here. Now, there's there's one here uh, that is voting for, uh, they're voting four times, I guess. Voting for Armia, voting for Dadunov, voting for Anderson, voting for Dvorak. So, um, yeah, change it up. That's,
2: that's interesting mix.
0: <laughs> that's right. Yeah, change it up. But for the most part, we have Habs fans out in force uh, today trying to get Cole Caulfield uh, to the All Star Game. There was that one Scrooge that I shared with our our Rocket Sports team on uh, on Slack, s- saying that uh, no, 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 that's gonna that's gonna raise his his contract demands. But um, no, 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 no. Don't be a Scrooge. Vote for Cole Caulfield.
2: Yeah, I might throw a vote out to Michael Pizzetta as well, just out of respect. Uh, for the I do flow. like, uh, yeah, of course you need that flow. That's good enough for the All Star Game. <laughs> but uh, we'll uh, we'll sur- circle back to Cole Caulfield a little bit later. I'm sure it'll come up in our second segment here. Uh, starting things off, uh, of course, we'll give you a nice review on what happened in Habsland this past week. And we'll get to our Habs prospect update. Uh, In segment two, it's going to be our midseason report and grades. So we're revisiting our predictions that we put out at the start of the season. And then uh, at the end there, we'll go through and uh, I guess grade certain players, uh, our biggest disappointments, uh, our biggest surprises and whatnot. And of course, in segment three, it's uh, the Have Your Say segment question of the week is did the canadians meet or fall short of your expectations in the first half of the season we want to hear from you Uh, we want to know all your thoughts on that Uh, what's the best way for people to reach out and let us know rick text us
0: text us at 5853 rocket 5853 rocket I gotta uh, and and when you do uh, if it would be so kind as as to leave your name and uh, where you're where you're um, uh, sending the text from uh, in case we use it on the air um, there seemed to be it was all about Bedard this week in our, our rocket sports text line tank for Bedard was kind of a common message and and we'll talk about that a little later uh, if you have more to say than tank for, for Bedard, uh, then send us an email info at allhabs.net
2: You can also give us a follow on our social medias at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And check out the website, CanadiansConnection.com. Now, this past week, uh, well, it certainly didn't feel great, but it was actually a pretty good week for the Montreal Canadiens. Please make sure you check out the comprehensive game previews and post-game recaps for every Canadiens game at allhabs.net. Uh, starting things off, if we go back to January the 7th, uh, Montreal beats St. Louis at home 5-4. to Joel uh, Armia strikes twice. Uh, it was a bit of a back-and-forth affair, but uh, probably a slobbier game from both teams. Nice to see Montreal get a win uh, at home, though. Uh, they have had a bit of a rough start to this, uh, I guess, 2023 campaign.
0: <laughs> well, and coming into this game, they were winless in seven, so that put an end to that... Uh... Negative streak and and yes, it was back and forth. The Canadians were had one goal deficits three times that they came back from. Uh, in this game, it wasn't a it wasn't a masterpiece from the, the goaltender's a former tandem, Binnington and and Jake Allen. Um, but uh, yes, Yol Armia, three goals in in two games. Uh, that was uh, good for him and and uh, nice to see him um, ending his own personal uh, streak.
2: Yeah, on the 9th of January, Seattle comes into Montreal and they beat Montreal 4 to nothing. Did the did, did the Canadians actually get shut out by Martin Jones? Like, come on. Like that's like <laughs> sub 900 save percentage Martin Jones. Like that that should not be happening. Uh shots were 41 to 20 to 21 for the Kraken, so that that tells you what the story of the game was. Um the Kraken in the first period went up 3 uh, nothing uh pabs really didn't have a whole lot after that needless to say i could be found cracking open a cold one after that game just to cope
0: bell center fans were not happy uh they uh, it was it was after the first period as the the canadians went to the dressing room uh they expressed their displeasure marty saint louis was as upset as we've seen him this this season it's been talked about how calm he is after after losses and takes him in stride. He he lit into the team and said um, that they should be embarrassed by their play. Um, he said that uh, the Canadians don't aren't talented enough to to have passengers um, along along board and said how disappointed he was in his team. So yeah, that was that was that was tough and um, yeah. They, the Canadians are still winless in their uh, reverse retro 2.0 jerseys.
2: Yeah, I, the blue is not quite the same as the Kraken blue, but uh, it is interesting that they went with the light blue for yeah. that reverse retro. Um, going forward a couple days on the 12th, uh, the big night, uh, it was PK Subban night at the Bell Centre. Uh, Montreal scores four, Nashville only gets three. Uh, Of course, BK Subban uh, was honored. Uh, We got to see uh, Carey Price come out as well in his uh, cowboy hat. Looking good, wasn't he? (laughs) He was. Uh, Perhaps uh, they need a Subban night just about every night, uh, because if that were the case, it'd probably be a playoff team. They at least had a very good first period, uh, shooting uh, 19 times on goal. Uh, For Nashville, it was the debut of Yaroslav Askarov. Uh, the first round pick, uh, very highly touted. Uh, he he played pretty well, but uh, the team in front of him uh, not so much.
0: Yeah, Nashville looked pretty tired after their long road trip and on a back to back. Interesting choice to start uh, a scar off, and and he was good. I I thought he was very good. He made some great saves. He he um, he moves uh, you know so smoothly and and. Uh, um, he's going to be a good one. Uh, but the Canadians, as you said, uh, peppered him with 19 shots in the first period. Interesting uh, that it wasn't just shots from, from the perimeter. They had 10 high-danger scoring chances in the first period alone. That's that's more than they typically get in an entire game. So, uh, yeah, they were absolutely on fire. There was a lot of energy in that building um, and it was uh, it, it was a it was a fun game for uh, the Montreal Canadiens.
2: Yeah, we'll uh, get you updated on PK Subban a little bit later in this segment. Uh, for now, uh, the Canadiens record currently 17-22-3, that's 37 points and 27th in the AHL. Uh, of course, last in the Atlantic still. So please check out uh, Habs Notepad and Habs Features as posts appear regularly at allhabs.net. Taking a look at injury news, uh, there was, I guess, quite a bit of bad news this week, unfortunately. Uh, Starting off, uh, Jake Allen is listed as day-to-day with an upper body injury uh, sustained in practice last Sunday. Uh, Keaton Primo was recalled from Laval on an emergency basis on Monday afternoon. Uh, Montembeau has been uh, taking the load so far. Uh, No word on if we'll get to see Primo. I wouldn't expect to see Primo.
0: Uh, Primo or uh, Montembo starts. Uh, we're recording Saturday afternoon. Uh, Montembo will start against the the Islanders. Uh, Primo as the backup. Uh, yet to be decided. Yet who will will uh, go against the Rangers? There is some talk that Jake Allen uh, could be back for that game. He won't dress for the Islanders game. Uh, those those practice injuries uh, for goaltenders. Uh, those are the ones that you hate to see because. You know why he's shooting up at his head. We don't know yeah. what happened. There was there was no cameras there, but uh, tough. Those injuries are tough.
2: Yeah, the Canadians announced that Brendan Gallagher uh, will be out a minimum of six weeks with a lower body injury. A uh, bit of a disappointing season for Gallagher uh, so far. Only nine points in twenty five games. Uh, seems to be getting very injury prone lately.
0: This is tough because um, we remember that that Brendan Gallagher uh, declared that he needed a full um, summer uh, to rehabilitate and and to take care of his body uh, so he wouldn't be so injury prone uh, during training camp. Um, he said that this was the season of Brandon Gallagher. This is the the you know, the return of Brendan Gallagher and and he's he's uh, had nothing but injuries this season, um, last week uh, on the podcast, we were reporting what the, um, the Canadians had said. They said he'd be out a minimum of two weeks. That's ch- that changed uh, to six weeks um, with this lower body injury, and he was seen hobbling around uh, Broussard um, with a walking boot on his right foot. So not good news at all for Brendan Gallagher.
2: Yeah, hopefully he gets uh, back at some point. Uh, Montreal is certainly uh, missing a big piece of their leadership core there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Canadians made a little player swap uh, with Laval. Uh, they sent uh, forward Anthony Richard uh, down to the Laval Rocket on Tuesday. He put up two points in seven games. He actually looked pretty decent. I, I didn't have too many complaints with uh, Anthony Richard's game, uh, but they did recall uh, Yessa Ulinen from the Laval Rocket on Wednesday so far, he's looked pretty good. Uh, he seems like a guy that uh, can just kind of step in and look like an NHLer. Uh, we've been waiting a little while to see if he'd uh, have an opportunity, and uh, he seems to have that now.
0: He played really well in in um, not very much ice time—only seven minutes of even strength ice time. Uh, had some time on the power play, got an assist. Um, Ullinen plays a an NHL style game. He's got size. Uh, he skates really well, really smoothly. He's got a terrific shot. Um, Anthony, Anthony Richard is, is a very good AHLer and, and has, has speed. Um, but uh, you know, at times, uh, the game was a little much for him, particularly without the puck, some bad penalties and, and he had been uh, a healthy scratch, uh, several times. So, um, they get there, the swap happens and, and, uh, hopefully we get to see more from Ullinen.
2: And, uh, the final, uh, injury update here, uh, Mike Matheson is skater skating in a regular jersey in practice. Uh, Matheson has been injured for the better part of this season, uh, only getting into 10 games so far.
0: And when he came back, uh, last time he lasted one game and then was out again. Um, he's close. He's, he's, uh, he, he, uh, As far as we know, he won't play against the Islanders. Um, We don't have word yet about the Rangers, uh, but he's very close. Expect to see him soon.
2: So now I think it's a good time to get to our Habs prospect report.
1: This edition of the Rocket Report is brought to you by AHL.Report, your premier source for the Laval Rocket, the AHL affiliate of the Montreal Canadiens. AHL.Report is a proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network.
2: Kicking things off here on the Prospect Update, Uh, we're going to take a look at Habs Prospects from a whole bunch of different leagues, including AHL, ECHL, CHL, NCAA, and Europe. Uh, The first guy I wanted to talk about, uh, Lane Hudson. This guy uh, went to the World Juniors not too long ago with uh, Team USA. He came back with uh, a bronze medal. Uh, He's returned uh, to his team in the NCAA, uh, Boston University. In his past five games, he's had four assists and he's looked pretty good. Also a plus one, so I know there's a lot of hype uh, about uh, Lane Hudson, and uh, happy to see that he's still able to produce quite a bit.
0: Uh, still leading uh, the NCAA um, uh, scoring race for Habs prospect is is Sean Farrell, uh, just two points more than than uh, Lane Hudson. Uh, Farrell at uh, about a 1.5 points per game clip, so um, at Harvard, uh, and he's having a great season there.
2: Moving uh, up north to the CHL, uh, taking a look at the Habs' uh, prospect scoring race there, it is Jared Davidson that seems to be uh, leading the way uh, with uh, 53 points, uh, 21 goals, and uh, 32 assists. But just behind him, also with 53 points, it is Riley Kidney, uh, recently traded uh, to the Gatineau Olympic. Yeah, he's been uh, looking pretty good as well.
0: Yeah, he's had a great week and, and, and uh, uh, lessened that gap. Well, there is no gap now. As you said, they're both tied at the top of, of uh, the CHL scoring list for Habs prospect with 53 points. Um Great for uh, Riley Kidney. Uh, Jared Davidson, um, maybe it's because we've been talking about him so much. finally seeing a little bit of, of uh, attention to him in, in the mainstream media. Um, what's amazing to me? 53 points, but also a plus 24. Uh, yeah. And that's just one behind Joshua and And uh, uh, in, in an article on uh, TV diaspora, there um, they did an interview with, Um, Jared Davidson, and he talked about um, how he used the time um, that he had. He he had extra time during the COVID breaks, um, and he talked about uh, really just changing his game. Uh, You know, he has been passed over twice in the draft, and and, uh, um, he was before the Canadians uh, uh, selected him. And um, he decided to, to just pull apart his game and, and remake himself. First thing he did was spend a lot of time with goaltenders. Weird? Is that weird? Yeah. <laughs> um, no, he wanted to find out how goaltenders read forwards. He wanted to find out how they, they react, how they, and, and learned uh, everything about goaltending so he could exploit it and take advantage of it. Um, then he shot, uh, um, as he says, um, pucks in industrial strength quantities. Uh, he tirelessly worked on his his uh, shot and um, and his his skating, which needed to uh, improve. Um, and then uh, this this guy is amazing to me. He he hired a visual cognitive performance specialist.
2: What is that? <laughs>
0: he trained his eyes to process information more quickly. So he could make better dec- quicker decision making, better reads, improve his vision. That's brilliant, absolutely brilliant because we talk about vision, we talk about hockey IQ and and all of this is thought to be innate. Uh Jared Davidson said, "No, um I'm <laughs> I I'm going to I'm I'm going to improve it." Um I, I think that's amazing. And, and he's a guy that's been compared to, we've talked about his feistiness and, and his aggressive side and a bit of, there's a bit of Brendan Gallagher in him. Um, and I just, I, I just think that uh, I, a guy who has maybe not the kind, same kind of talent as, as other players, but uh, maximizes what he has. Um, and, Here's the comment by the, the Seattle Thunderbirds GM who said, if Jared makes it to the NHL, that's the kind of player he has to be, someone who combines energy and talent, and in addition to being able to play in all situations. Um, and um, uh, they, Bill LaForge, who's the general manager of the Thunderbirds, said uh, he's going to graduate to the pro, pro game at the end of this season. So... Um, maybe in addition to Laval next year. I, I think this is a remarkable story and uh, really happy that we've been uh, pumping his tires a bit. Ad, ad, admittedly so, we've been pumping his tires a bit the last uh, few weeks and, and uh, n- nice to talk about him a little bit more.
2: Yeah, uh, there we go. Jared Davidson playing some 3D chess. I didn't <laughs> even know that uh, half of these things were available. So that's pretty awesome that he's able to do that to to keep improving his game. Uh, let's. Uh, well, you mentioned. Uh, weird goaltenders. Let's uh, talk about a nice big goaltender at least. Uh Canadian's prospect Jacob Yakob uh, Dobus was named a Big 10 hockey first star of the week. Uh in his last 5 games, uh he's managed to put up a 952 save percentage and he's only uh, let in 6 goals. So, big big last little while for Jacob Dobus.
0: Last weekend and 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 yes, uh, named the Big 10 uh, first star based on his weekend. Over the over that last weekend, he went had a zero point five goals against average and a ninety three uh, nine eighty three save percentage. Uh, so not too bad. Canadians fans are are begging uh, for a goaltending prospect. Uh, maybe there's one here. I I mean you know he's uh, from from uh, Czechia. Uh, started in the USHL, played with Omaha. Now uh, playing really well with Ohio State. He had a good freshman year, uh, but even better. Um, Uh, second year so uh, let's keep an eye on Jakob Dobis
2: yeah the Laval Rockets certainly could use a goaltender like (laughs) Jakob Dobis uh, especially after this past week Um, the Laval Rocket they played three games and they lost three of them. Uh, starting things off on the 8th, uh, they took a trip into Toronto and lost 4-2. to uh, Laval had 58 shots on net, but that was not enough. And Toronto managed to capitalize uh, four goals on 17 shots. Uh, a couple days later on the 11th, they went to Rochester and lost 3-1. to Uh, This time, a little bit different, but kind of the same story. 42 shots on net for Laval, whereas the Amerks only put up uh, 17 shots. Uh, It was the night of Malcolm Subban, who was absolutely unreal in that Rochester net. Uh, So tons of shots, not really much to show for it. On the Friday the 13th, a little bit different uh, in Syracuse. Syracuse scores seven. uh, Laval scores three. Uh, Joe Verbedek got the nod in net for that one. He wasn't bad, but he still seemed to struggle a little bit. Uh, The crunch went uh, three for four on the power play. Laval went one for five on the power play. Uh, Yeah, not a great string of games for this team.
0: No, and and, uh, similar things, um, you know, are plaguing, uh, the Laval Rocket, certainly penalties, 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 undisciplined penalties, uh, and then a poor penalty kill. Um and yeah, I, I you know, Joe Verbetta got the hook in the second period, uh, and uh Kevin Poulin came in, but Kevin Poulin had, had had a terrible week uh as well. Goaltending's been an issue for um Laval. Um and and usually when they go into to Syracuse they try to goad um, you know the crunch into uh, a, a lot of penalties and and uh, didn't seem to <laughs> didn't seem to work because uh, you mentioned the 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 power play for Syracuse. So a uh, tough week for real tough week for the Laval Rocket.
2: Yeah, Joe Verbeek in uh, his three starts. He's currently two one o and 0 So not a bad record. Uh, I guess this was his first uh, not so great game uh, in the AHL. Uh, the rocket as a team uh, 13, 18, 4, and 1. That's 28th in the AHL, so they've moved down a few spots. Uh, next month at uh, the AHL All-Star Classic, uh, Laval is going to have two representatives and Justin Barron and Anthony Richard. Um, Anthony Richard right now, 32 points in 29 games. So that's pretty good. And then uh, Justin Barron, 16 points in 25 games as a D. So nice to see these two uh, get a nice shout out from the league. Yeah, both
0: had um, are having very good seasons in the AHL. Anthony Richard is an AHL, a very good AHL player. Um, his talents, his speed, uh, kind of lend to that game. And, and when he was recalled, he was leading uh, the AHL in, in goals. Uh, Justin Barron's having a terrific season, slow start, um, but a terrific season in the AHL. Of course, he recalled to, to Montreal uh, right now, whether he'll be available for the, uh, and still up with Montreal, whether he'll be available for the All-Star game or not. We'll, we'll wait and see, but a real nice honor for him uh, as well.
2: Yeah, especially uh, since this is going to be hosted in Laval. So that should be a really fun weekend. Uh, hopefully uh, we get some people out there to uh, support all the AHL All-Stars. Uh, upcoming games for the Rocket. Uh, well, they're going to be back home on the 14th. So that's uh, January uh, uh, the 14th Saturday. That's today, uh, 4 p.m. And uh, for those who do not uh, subscribe uh, to AHL to watch games, the AHL is doing a free view tonight. So if you sign up for that uh, just in time for that 4 p.m. game, you can watch uh, Laval uh, take on Cleveland.
0: Yeah. If as long as you have a free account, uh, you can you can sign in and and that uh, for the Laval game for sure. But that uh, that's good for any game this weekend. So you might want to take advantage of that.
2: Yeah. Uh, Laval gets a little bit of a break in here. Their next uh, game after that won't be until the 18th of January, and they're going to head back to Rochester, see if they can get a nice rematch there. And uh, a couple days later, they're back at home hosting Hershey on the 20th. Uh, so, just uh, some news from the, I guess, specifically the OHL. Lots of crazy, insane trades. Uh, I. I guess uh, some teams are loading up. Uh, other teams are loading up on the draft picks. Uh, first and foremost, uh, the Kingston Frontenacs traded their forward Shane Wright to the Windsor Spitfires in exchange for how many pieces is this, Rick? Like <laughs> ten pieces? What's going on here? <laughs> I, I, I,
0: I've talked about it before. I I I love a good um, junior hockey trade, and and we had a, a couple of them. Um, yes, some, some uh, very good players um, and uh, seven draft picks uh, added to the pile uh, that, that uh, the Kingston Frontenacs get in exchange for, for Shane Wright. Of course, he, uh, to the Windsor Spitfires, Spitfires having an excellent season and, and uh, making a playoff
2: push. Uh, the Ottawa 67s acquire uh, defenseman pa- Pavel Minchkov, from the Saginaw spirit, spirit in exchange for nine draft picks. Um, <laughs> Pavel Minchkov, of course, a former 10th overall pick by the Ducks. So that's another crazy trade with all sorts of pieces involved.
0: Saginaw gets um, 2024 20, third round picks, 2025 20, second round picks, 2026 20, second round and fourth round. They, they get a whole pile of draft picks. Uh, from 2024 to 2026 um, in exchange for Minchikov, who's a tremendous uh, Anaheim prospect. Um, He's having a tremendous season.
2: Yeah, I feel like we could sit down and read off all the draft picks, but <laughs> no one's going to be able to keep track anyway. No, no, no. So they they just they acquired a lot of futures. We'll say that absolutely. Um, uh, the Canadians' connection here: uh, Canadians prospect Vinzenz Rohrer, was stretchered off the ice and sent to the hospital on Wednesday night. Uh, he took a hip check uh, in uh, Kingston; uh, didn't look very good. Uh, when he went to the hospital, they were saying that he was talking and he was all right, uh, but he did get uh, released.
0: Uh, that was, if you're watching, it was awful. Check, he went uh, head over heels. He landed on the back of his neck. There was uh, a seizure on the ice, and it awful. Um, but, um, yes, uh, was able to move all his extremities, talking, um, released from hospital, resting at home. His return is indefinite and... And again, that 67s team um, is is having a great season, and uh, Vincent Soror has been uh, a big part of that. So hopefully he'll be back um, in time for their playoff run.
2: Uh, looking forward to the future uh, the NHL draft, obviously, coming up. Uh, the NHL Central Scouting put out their midterm rankings of North American skaters. And no surprise here, Connor Bedard leading the way at number one. Uh, Adam Fantilli, number two. Will Smith, number three. A uh, load of really great prospects along there. But of course, uh, the one everyone is excited about is, of course, uh, Connor Bedard.
0: Connor Bedard's uh, number one on the North American skaters list. Uh, Leo Carlson on the uh, international skaters list, number one uh, playing in Sweden. Um and and now, you know, Canadians fans are going to be looking at this list and, and saying, oh, well, um, who can we get with, you know, at pick number four or number six or number, you know, trying to pr- project where the, the Canadians are going to uh, select. The, the difficult thing here is if you think that the Canadians need, and, and certainly uh, Jeff Corton does, a um, number one elite puck moving defenseman who can um, you know man the power play there isn't a defenseman um, in the top 10 uh, of the North American skating skater rankings you know what's not also in the top 10 is any player from the queue um, completely missing a, a couple from from uh, the WHL3 in fact uh, the 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 uh, U.S. Uh, development Program is in here uh, and, and the NCAA. Uh, so um, the Q, uh, do better. <laughs> we want to see more players uh, from the Q in there. Goaltenders. Remember the World Juniors and everybody said, uh, oh, you, got, you have to draft this player, you have to sign this player, you have to get this player. Uh, North American goalies, um, number 25 on the list, playing in Seattle, Thomas can't Team Canada's goaltender. Uh, Not very highly ranked. And why is that? Well, it's his size, obviously, and the Canadians have not taken a goaltender under 6'3 for some time. Number four on the North American goaltending list, um, he was spectacular for, for Slovakia. Uh, Adam Gagen and uh, um, uh, so you know maybe maybe more highly touted, but but uh, there doesn't seem to be uh, any goaltenders who would be taken uh, in the first round, maybe a late second round uh, caliber goaltender from the list that's, that that uh, that we have so far.
2: Yeah, so not only are we going to be paying attention to what that uh, first uh, Habs draft pick is going to be, they also own Florida's pick, uh, If you, mm-hmm. in case you forgot. Uh, so they could realistically come out of this next draft with uh, two picks in the top ha- top 10. So I guess pick your two favorite players in that top 10 and uh, let's see what happens.
0: So a line of Bedard and Fantilli, is thats that... Is that... It's ex- exactly, <laughs> exactly what I'm yeah. going to say.
2: <laughs> uh, so be sure to read all the content at AHL.report. Also listen to and subscribe to The Press Zone. That comes out every Tuesday, hosted by Amy Johnson, Patrick Williams, and Rick Stevens. So it's time for the quotes of the week. And this is two weeks in a row where we have a quote coming from everyone's uh, favorite former Montreal Canadiens defenseman, and P.K. Subban. Uh, I think that uh, with Subban joining the media... We may as well just make this into the Subban quote of the week segment. (laughs) Uh, So he, uh, of course, was honoured the other night uh, in the game against Nashville, and uh, he spoke out and uh, gave some advice to the current Montreal Canadiens players.
1: I've always felt that we had an understanding that when you wear the Montreal Canadiens jersey, when you wear the CH, that you play with the same passion that you fans bring every single night to this building, that we see around the city and globally. And all I... All I wanted to do every time I put that jersey on is play with that passion. And I hope that's a message to the current players and players that are gonna put on the jersey in the future, that these guys will love you no matter what. If you
0: leave it all on the ice, so leave it on the ice every night. Leave it all on the ice. Um, PK Subban offering some motivation and, and revving up the crowd, talking about his connection with the crowd, talking, complimenting Bell Center fans and and uh, on their passion. Also talked about he he said um, Habs the passion of the Habs fans in the city and globally and Habs fans globally. Remember that it's going to come up again. Um, and then went on to say leave it all on the ice and, and motivated the team, uh, I think, uh, kind of challenged uh, the current uh, uh, bench uh, to leave it all on the ice, and the Canadians did exactly that in that uh, in that first period, uh, especially. Um, it was... Uh, 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 those words were, were very well chosen, a very good speech, um, but it wasn't the best... Ba- no words. It, it, it this ceremony didn't need words. The best part, the absolute hands down best part, the roof came off the place, is when Carrie Price came out—a surprise appearance by Carrie Price. The man in black. He had the his his hat. He had the the look. Uh, the crowd went crazy, and they did the band, uh, the Michelle Terryan band. Triple O five um, for likely the last time ever. And uh, what a nice uh, ending to uh, a special moment the two embraced, walked off. And, and like I say, Habs fans in the Bell Center went, went absolutely crazy.
2: Yeah, you can hear in the clip too, just when Suban's talking, people went absolutely nuts. So uh, I guess, uh, like he said, credit to all the fans that show up to the Bell Centre night after night and show their passion. Uh, liked uh, what Suban had to say, uh, felt a little bit uh, contradictory of what uh, he yes. had to say on the podcast last week, uh, talking about his brand maybe being parallel to the Montreal Canadiens brand, but uh, perhaps he went back on that a little bit, uh, but still uh, it was nice. that uh, Everyone got revved up and of course uh, the Montreal Canadiens ended up getting the win that night. So everything works out
0: for sure. Yeah. And, and yes, it was, um, I, I was almost tempted to, to play uh, his words from, uh, from last week, but no, not, not to put a damper on, on anything, but, it depends what audience he's in front of, right? He's he's very much a showman, very much a celebrity. Um, he knew who he was talking to, and he played to the crowd.
2: Yeah, so like like I always say, I'm very excited to see uh, Subban's career in media, looking forward to all the fun quotes. And uh, you know what? Uh, nice to see that he had a nice, uh, well-thought-out speech there. Uh, so now I think uh, we'll take a look around the league uh, for some hockey news. Uh, First and foremost, I mentioned uh, the Florida Panthers. Uh, Well, Montreal owns their first round pick unprotected this year. Uh, Some bad news for them. Uh, They placed uh, their goaltender Spencer Knight on IR and recalled Alex Lyon from the Charlotte Checkers. Uh, So not uh, very good news for the Panthers there. Uh, Sergei Bobrovsky has been... I don't know if he's struggling or just inconsistent, but he's not getting the job done there. Uh, Spencer Knight, I think, has been the better of the two. So we'll see what happens if they're able to pull through and get some wins in, or if the, this is just going to be a big disaster of a season.
0: Yeah, the the, the double whammy in that Bobrovsky has been bad and expensive, um, right? Yeah. So, um, and, and and yeah, Spencer Knight is their goaltender of of the future, and it has been pretty good. Uh, that That's a tough hit. Alex Lyon has a little bit of, of NHL experience. We became familiar with him um, in Lehigh Valley in the AHL, had a call up to Philadelphia and played decently, uh, but is, yeah, kind of, you know, that 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 veteran AHL uh, Tokarski kind of goaltender. So uh, tough news for, for the Panthers, but maybe that's good news for the Montreal Canadiens.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And to end things off here, a little bit of news coming from the Montreal Canadiens. It was reported that the Canadians have arranged to provide uh, French language instruction to several players. That's uh, eight to ten players, I believe. Um, We'll see what happens with this. Uh, It was Eric Engels that uh, put this out. Uh, It didn't provide a ton of information on what was going on. I'm hoping that uh, they're not putting guys like uh, Dadnov, who's likely not going to be around, into this uh, French class. Uh, uh, maybe, uh, well, I'm hoping it's also on a volunteer basis, too. Uh, of course, uh, we don't want to get into uh, any political debates here on uh, the podcast. Uh, but uh, Rick, uh, what's your thoughts on what's going on here?
0: Yeah, Sam to kind of spilled the beans on on who is, is part of the class and... and uh, he also said, Montembeau did, that uh, there are players who are a little bit further along, some who, uh, you know, French immersion and whatnot in, in school, uh, have um, uh, arranged for private tour- tutors, and the Canadians are paying for that. Um, I, th- this is something that uh, is a priority of, of Jeff Molson, um, and... Um, and you know, if if he hasn't put pressure directly, it's 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 indirect pressure, um, and, and and it's 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 nice. Uh, and and there's always the the discussion about uh, you know if if you know a few words and you say them that that the the fans uh, will appreciate you. I don't know if that applies also to the media. Uh, we know what happened with Kent Hughes, who is fluent in in French, who was born in Montreal. Uh, but they said that he was not Quebecois um, when hired. Um, so, you know, uh, this isn't the first time this is this has happened. Um, you know, uh, Max Pacioretty had uh, took extensive lessons uh, and, and 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 became quite fluent. Uh, Carey Price uh, can speak French. He doesn't publicly, but he does in the in in the locker room. Um, and um, if, if this is a help great maybe for me i i might rather this happened in the off season uh i'd rather that that uh that they spend a whole lot of time focused you know the hockey player the demands on hockey players um it just just is is they they're pulled apart uh they need rest they need to rest their mind but they need to you know they need to spend time in the video room they need to spend time conditioning they need to spend time um Doing media things that that the the and charity events and um, signings and all of that and, and this is just one dem- more demand that that I don't think is really fair during the season. Um, Jeff Molson on a recent podcast uh, said uh, this is really important for him uh, because his uh, the the Canadians fans are more than eighty percent French. Um, now if you know the fan base if you know statistics if you know that's just that's just a bald-faced lie that's just false um, n- however I, the only way you can can manipulate that number is if you if you only focus on fans within the province of Quebec and then maybe that's that comes closer to the number Jeff Molson has in in mind and and that's that's the problem, I think, for Jeff Molson, is that he doesn't. We know, we have, we have Canadians fans all over North America. We see the numbers. We see where you're coming from. We, we, we get contacted by Habs fans in South America and Australia and, and Europe and uh, Asia, uh, and they don't exist to Jeff Molson. And so, Jeff Molson, listen to the words of P.K. Subban. Your Canadians fans are global he said the word globally. Uh, they are global. Um, and and I would pay I would pay a little bit more attention to that. Again, as you said, not to get political. Um, and I don't think I don't think I am. I'm just trying to broaden the view of of the Canadians management. Uh, Habs fans are everywhere. Uh, they they really should embrace that.
2: Yeah, I I agree. And uh, you mentioned uh, getting reached out to from Habs fans all across the globe. Uh, Just listen back to one of our uh, mailbags. You'll see we get plenty from uh, other parts of Canada, Ontario, East Coast, West Coast. Uh, We go south of the border in the USA. Uh, Even through the summer, we got uh, reached out to by some uh, fans over in Slovakia. So truly a global brand, and uh, you hope that uh, they are able to recognize that at some point. For sure. So uh, coming up, uh, we'll hear a brand new message from our sponsors on uh, DraftKings, and then it's our big topic segment. So make sure you stay with us. This is the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio.
1: The NFL playoff picture is locked in, and my go-to place for wildcard round action is DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Now, to kick off the road to Super Bowl 57, new customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat bet each day of the wildcard round this weekend. Just place any NFL bet of your choice, and if it loses, you'll get a free bet back up to $10. Action's so good, why bet NFL playoffs anywhere else? I really enjoy particularly same-game parlays with DraftKings Sportsbook. You know, going to rack up either a a list of of just money line, which which teams are going to win each Sunday, or who's going to be in any time touchdown score. Love that kind of action on DraftKings Sportsbook. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code THPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NFL and get $200 in free bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details.
2: Welcome back to the Canadian's Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. I'm Michael Spinella, and you can find me on Twitter at The Spinella. With me in the studio is our president and founder of Rocket Sports, Mr. Rick Stevens. You can give him a follow at All Habs on Twitter. And you can also follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, plus, check out the website CanadiansConnection.com. Just a reminder here to subscribe to the Canadians Connection podcast in the player on your favorite podcast app and never miss a single episode. So this is the midway point in the season. Uh, This past week, the Montreal Canadiens did reach 41 games out of 82. Uh, We're going to take a look back at some of our predictions that uh, we put out in, uh, I guess, early October, just before the regular season began to see if uh, everything's holding true or if we're way off base. Um, then, uh, later in the segment, uh, we'll, I guess, give some grades out. Uh, that's going to be a fun part as well. Uh, Rick, uh, right now, Montreal Canadians bottom of the Atlantic, uh, after 42 games, uh, they currently have 17 wins and 37 points, uh, at the midway point at 41 games, it was 16 wins and, uh, 37 points. So what, uh, what are you thinking about uh, this team so far?
0: Well, I, I think that um, I, I think Habs fans were were pretty impressed with uh, with the, the start of the Montreal Canadiens uh, season. Um, I think that um, some were very surprised, and and so much so that there started to be whispers of playoffs, playoffs, playoffs. Um, yep. And 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 yes, the the. The reset was over. Uh, we got our first round pick. Forget about uh, the the 2023 draft. Uh, let's go for the playoffs. And and I think some, you know, we kept cautioning uh, throughout. We kept cautioning that that there was, there was going to be some um, retraction, and the the Canadians would, would where we, where we predicted they would would end up in the bottom five. And I, I think that. Um, uh, well there was that seven game winless streak uh and that they have regressed and and uh, are now finding themselves um in that uh in that range and and that was that was absolutely expected um you know it's 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 maybe disappointing for for some of the uh fans that that uh, well, wanted to be part of the playoff picture, but uh, I think that was kind of unrealistic. Um, interesting thing, um, it was RDS, I believe, uh, that put out a 41-game a, a picture for Dom De Charme and for Marty St. Louis. Um, that after 41 games in the 2022-2023 uh, season, uh, Marty St. Louis team had 35 points as you said record 16 22 and 3 um Dom Descharn uh, just 20 uh three points and only eight wins um the goals against almost identical 154 156 bad goaling bad goaltending uh last season bad goal-tending this season and and remember that that uh uh, it started out that, that some people were praising Allen and Montembeau for their start, but but it's that's changed too. Where the Canadians are better uh this season than last is in, in goal scoring, which surprises us a little. Uh just 89 goals last year uh after the 41 game mark, 109 uh this year. Um so it's it's uh a bit of an uh, improvement but it's not a stark improvement not like i think uh, some were expecting um you know the the, the marty versus dom kind of comparisons uh, to play out um it, it's it's where they are is 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 i think we had a good sense of it in our uh, analysis uh before the season started but there's been some surprises too.
2: Yeah, you mentioned uh, the amount of offense that Montreal has been able to get this season compared to last season. I think we can attribute most of that to one player. We'll certainly circle back (laughs) to that for sure. Um, You messaged me the other day at the midway point in the season and it looked like Montreal was on pace for, what was it, 70 points? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, 35
0: points after 41 games.
2: Yeah, so uh, I I guess... uh, Maybe the Montreal Canadiens great start was uh, maybe a little bit overhyped uh, compared to what was actually going on. I I think I can admit that now Uh, you mentioned the last little while has been coming down to earth. I, I do agree with that quite a bit. But uh, let's uh, go back and uh, revisit some bold predictions that uh, you and I put out uh, with Amy Johnson uh, just before the season started. Um, Those predictions uh, were on uh, Canadians Connection podcast episode uh, 112 that came out on uh, October the 8th. And uh, well, at the midpoint, uh, let's see how things are holding up. And uh, do we regret any of the answers we put in? So I'll start things off here. Uh, the quest, Well, the first question uh, was, who will lead the Montreal Canadiens in points this season? And it looks like uh, we were very right about this, all three of us, uh, you, me, and Amy, all put out to Nick Suzuki. As it stands, Nick Suzuki does lead the way uh, with 35 points, but one point behind him with 34 is Cole Caulfield. And that's probably...
0: Um know at one point uh Suzuki had a bigger lead over Caulfield but uh has Nick Suzuki's been in a bit of a slump um for uh several games and uh certainly uh, d- during that seven game winless uh streak and so that gap has closed but uh yes we were we were correct there that uh and and these these weren't predictions for the midpoint uh they were for the end of the season and I, I think that uh all of us were on track there to have Suzuki as the points leader this season.
2: Yeah. So certainly holding true, but uh, there is a possibility that uh, Suzuki and Caulfield do flip flop before the end of the year. So keep an eye on that one. Uh, The next question uh, that we asked, and this is a little bit more interesting. uh, Will Cole Caulfield score more or less than 38 goals this season? So Rick, you said less. I also said less. Amy Johnson said more. Uh, Right now, it looks like Cole Caulfield, after 42 games, he has 25 goals. Um, I believe I said uh, he'd probably score in the high 20s, low 30s. I think it's fair to say that uh, with uh, uh, half the season still to go, I'm probably not going to be right about that one. Uh, I personally just did not realize that he was going to be probably the only player that uh, (laughs) was going to score goals. Uh, The Habs offense is basically Cole Caulfield at this point. Uh, I mentioned, uh, well, you and I both mentioned uh, to start the segment there, that uh, Montreal seems to be scoring a lot more than they did last year. Well, I think the difference is literally that Cole Caulfield is scoring right now, no? Yes, that's 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 the difference. Because when you look at, after 41
0: games, um, the Canadiens goals for 29th in, in, in the NHL. Their power play last 32nd so they're terrible it's just that they were more terrible last year and Cole Caulfield wasn't scoring um yeah. so credit to to uh, Amy on that one she said more than 40 goals I think she quipped that that he would have 38 goals on the power play um on from one timers <laughs> uh, so um yes but but uh, it, it looks like You know, barring any injury, he's going to easily surpass that 38 goal mark that we were uh, asked about.
2: Yeah, it seems like a lot of the times, too, it's not like he's just scoring the one goal in a game. It seems like he's potting two per game at this point. Yeah. So uh, next question here. Will the Canadians have more or less than 520 goal scorers? Uh, Rick, you said less. I also said less. Uh, Amy said less as well. Uh, personally, I predicted that there would be three Caulfield Suzuki and Anderson. Uh, Rick, what is your thought
0: uh, We're smart. uh We knew that that, <laughs> that, that there wouldn't be um, that many uh th- that the the goal scoring wouldn't be uh widespread uh i I don't think we we thought it was going to be as restrictive as as it turned out to be uh, yeah <laughs> but um, yes we didn't we didn't expect that there would be more than four. Uh, sorry, um, 5, uh, 20 goal scores.
2: Yeah, so obviously at the midpoint, we, we don't know officially what it's going to be at. Uh, right now, we have one confirmed that's over 20 goals, and that's uh, Caulfield. Uh, just behind Caulfield in the scoring race, uh, Nick Suzuki, 15 goals. Josh Anderson, 11 goals. Kirby Dock was 7. So I'm thinking Suzuki probably gets to that 20 mark. Uh, Josh Anderson certainly has the opportunity to um do you think that uh, it'll still be three or what are you predicting? Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. I'm right there with you. I'm holding strong. Uh, Hopefully Anderson can uh, heat up a little (laughs) bit here. (laughs) But uh, speaking of scoring, uh, will your eye Slavkovsky tally more or less than 35 points in the NHL this season? It was a clean sweep of less between all three of us Uh, right now. Slavkovsky 10 points in 37 games yeah i I think I predicted that he'd probably be in Laval for most of that, and that's why he wouldn't get to that point. I, I didn't realize he was going to be in the NHL the whole time and it still doesn't look like he'll likely get to that point.
0: yeah his his line is uh, his projections uh, f- uh, for the end of the season are eight goals, twelve assists for twenty points and a minus twenty five. So uh, much less than uh, and and we were right uh, across the board there, as you said.
2: Yeah, uh, looking at our center depth. Uh, this this was actually a very fascinating question for me. Uh, the question is, which center will lead the team in face off winning percentage? And uh, well, Rick, you said Dvorak. I said Suzuki. Amy said uh, Kirby Doc. So we got a different answer from everybody. Uh, leading the way, actually, uh, Sean Monaghan, uh, number two is uh, Dvorak. I know Sean Monahan has played a lot of wing, though, so uh, wh- what do you think? Are-, are we counting Monahan in this?
0: Sure. Um, if you look at uh, 100 face-offs or more, um, as you said, it's Monahan, Dvorak, uh, then Jake Evans, uh, who's having a decent um, uh, time at the faceoff dot, number four, Nick Suzuki at present.
2: Yeah, and way down the list is Kirby Doc, uh, he's at 34.69% uh, 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 in the faceoff circle, so it looks like Amy's the one who's uh, the furthest off, but uh, I think between Dvorak, Suzuki, and Monahan, it, it can be pretty tight, that's a stat that can change pretty quickly, and uh, we'll see how that holds up, uh, looks like uh, you, Rick, have the best chance of being correct here with uh, Devorak not too far behind Sean Monahan.
0: And uh yeah, especially if, if Sean Monaghan is moved at the at the trade deadline and, and oh, yeah. uh <laughs> we'll we'll see how that all turns out.
2: Yeah. Uh looking at uh, goaltenders, uh the question is will the Canadians backup goaltenders combine for more or less than thirteen wins this season? You said less, Amy said less, I actually said more. I think at the time we were expecting that we might have seen Caden Primo at this point. Uh, So far, the backup is just solely uh, Samuel Montembeau. He's gotten into 15 games and he has seven wins. So we're right uh, kind of on the cusp here Uh, with Jake Allen being out uh, for I'm not sure how long. It seems like Montembeau is the one getting the nod for most of the way here. Uh, It is possible that uh, Montembeau gets to 13 and maybe a little bit more. I remember... When uh, we made this question, I wanted to say exactly 13, <laughs> but we had to go more or less. I ended up going more. Um, what do you think about uh, Sam Montembeau maybe getting to 13 wins?
0: Yeah, at the 41 game mark, his record was 6-6-2. Six, six, and two. Uh, So if you double that, um, that would be 12 wins uh, to the end of the season just below. But um, because of, of Jake Allen and his injury, maybe he gets more starts in the second half. And that would, uh, I I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be just below, just above, or maybe, as you wanted, uh, exactly 13.
2: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, Looking at uh, our young defensemen, I think one of the big stories from this past season is uh, Montreal's rookie uh, defensemen and how well they have played. Uh, Coming into the season, uh, we didn't have uh, too much of an idea of who might uh, be on the team and who might be sticking around long term. I think it's... At that point, we we had a pretty good idea that Caden Gooley was going to be a shoe-in and be a really good player on defense for this team. But uh, the three guys we narrowed down to for who we thought could play the most games on the Canadiens' defense this season are Justin Barron, Jordan Harris, and Otto Leskinen. Uh, So we had to pick one of those three guys who we thought was going to play the most. Rick, you picked uh, Otto Leskinen, who's played zero games in the NHL so far. I picked uh, Justin Barron who's played 5 and it uh, looks like so far Amy is victorious picking uh, Jordan Harris with 38 games. I get the feeling that this is going to be the trend going forward. I don't think there's any way that uh, Barron or Leskinen will uh, catch up to Harris.
0: Yeah, no, not at all. And and remember the situation was very different. Um we were this was a prediction uh, prior to the season starting, um, and Amy walked into joined us for this session and walked into the studio with breaking news that the Canadians yep. had just picked <laughs> up Jonathan Kovacevich. Uh So we certainly hadn't factored that into our calculations at that point. Um, I, I think in in my defense, I, I I said I want it to be Jordan Harris. I really want to pick Jordan Harris here. Uh, but I was I was scared off from from picking Harris um, because the Canadians kept preaching this is going to be a development year. It's going to be a development year um, uh, for the Canadians. It's going to be a development year for the uh, Laval Rocket. That hasn't turned out to be the case, um, and so we wondered if 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 following that 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 Harris and and Barron were going to spend. A great deal of time in in Laval um that that hasn't been the case it hasn't been a, a season uh, solely devoted to um uh, development at at the NHL level and and not at all at at the AHL level so um yeah but but kudos to to Amy for uh, selecting Harris there
2: yeah, with uh, Barron, uh, for whatever reason, at that point uh, in time, I, I preferred Barron over Harris, but uh, maybe I have to eat my words a little bit here, as uh, Jordan Harris has been absolutely spectacular at the NHL level, and uh, it seems like Barron has benefited quite a bit from some time in the AHL. Yeah. Uh our next question, actually very interesting. And, uh, well, unfortunately looking hindsight's 2020, right? With this one, uh, the question is, will Michael Pozzetta or Arbor Jack? lead the Canadians in penalty minutes this season. Um, you and Amy both picked Jack. I, went with Pozzetta I, I honestly, I thought Jack. was destined to spend most of the time in the AHL. Uh, you mentioned, uh, that the Canadians were preaching that this was going to be a development season. I, I thought that uh, Jack, I would be a good candidate to, uh, you know, refine his game a little bit. That's not uh, been the case. He's been in the NHL the whole way. And currently he leads uh, the team with 72 penalty minutes and uh, Michael Pozzetta, who has at times been a healthy scratch. Uh, they've not wanted to put him on waivers and send him down to Laval uh, because they're worried that he might get picked up. Uh, so he spent a decent amount of time up in uh, the press box. He only has uh, 23 penalty minutes, so it looks like uh, you and Amy are running away with that victory on uh, picking Arbor Shackai to have the most penalty minutes.
0: Well, and we kind of said there was a sub-question there with uh, 85 penalty minutes. It looks like he's going to easily uh, eclipse (laughs) that with uh, 72 already. Um, I I said... uh, Kind of uh, in a humorous way that he would have 85 penalty minutes against the Ottawa Senators um, because we're coming <laughs> off a, a preseason where uh, they didn't like him very much and, and uh, he didn't like them. Um, and I said at the time that, um, you know, whoever, whoever won that, I, I thought it was going to be Jack I, but uh, whoever won that, that Chris Weidman would be in second place. And Chris Weidman yep. is in second place. Um, yep, you're right. <laughs> uh, he has 59 penalty minutes in 27 games. Um, if you go by penalty minute per time on uh, versus time on ice, uh, Chris Weidman is running away with it. Uh, 15 minutes in penalties, uh, per minute time on ice. Uh, he's he, it's not even close. Um, it's it it. It's it's kind of funny, but um, yes, Arbor-Jakai, uh is is going to be the penalty minute king uh, at the end of this season.
2: Yeah, it was one of those things where a month into the season, I think I would have liked to have gone back and changed <laughs> what I said, but uh, yeah, it was a lit- it was a legitimate discussion at the time whether or not Arbuzakai was going to be in the NHL. Uh, I I personally was surprised that it, he was able to stick around and find a role. So
0: and play and be able to play. Um, yeah, you know, not just <laughs> not just be racking up penalty minutes, not just be fighting, uh, but able to play. And he's done that and he should get credit for that, too.
2: For sure. Uh, one of the, I guess, more recent uh, big topics uh, going around in Habsland is uh, the trade deadline. And the question we asked at the time was who will be traded at the trade deadline just straight up. Uh, so, Rick, you said Dadnov, Armia and Monahan. I said Dadnov. Hoffman and Monahan and Anderson, Amy said. Hoffman, Gallagher, Druen. Obviously, we don't know at this point uh, how this is gonna go. Uh, I think first and foremost, uh, Dadnov does not look like a tradable asset. I would be shocked if there's a team out there that has any interest in uh, trading for Evgeny Dadnov. He has had an absolutely horrible season. He's not been scoring, uh, looks kind of disinter- disinterested, doesn't really look like he wants to be in Montreal. So I think that one's a bit of a write-off. And but, I think uh,
0: I think Pierre Lebrun confirmed that in, in a tweet or, or in a podcast saying uh, that he's contacted uh, eight teams uh, that are expected to be buyers at the trade deadline and asked them specifically about it, Jenny uh, Dadanoff. And they had no interest. Um, So I think I I think that confirms that uh, that that, uh, he's we were hopeful, um, but he's unlikely to be traded. Yeah, uh,
2: I think the two guys that uh, seem to be almost guaranteed to be traded, I don't, maybe not guaranteed for both of them, but at least one of them. Uh, Joel Edmondson has been very talked about on the trade market. Uh, it's been talked about a potential return of a first round draft pick similar to the Ben Sherat trade last year. Also, uh, it seems like Josh Anderson is on the trade block and there seems to be a little bit of interest there as well.
0: Uh, yes, absolutely, and and Monahan. There's been less talk about him just because um, of, of his injury. But I think uh, it's been talked about by scouts. They've noticed how different the Canadians are with and without Sean Monahan. So uh, he'll be a, pro, a a player that uh, that generates phone calls for sure.
2: Yep. Yeah. Uh, so looking forward uh, to the end of the season. Uh, our next question is will the Canadians finish the season with more or less than 75 points? Rick, you and I both said less here. Um, It seems like that's tracking to be true. Uh, uh, As we said at the midpoint, uh, Montreal's on pace to have 70 points. Exactly. Uh, I think that's probably where they end up. And uh, I'm, yeah, I'll, we'll talk a little bit more about what those what we think those final standings might look like. Uh, and so, Rick, do you think that uh, anything's going to change there? Are they going to go on a bit of a tear, or is it going to be more of the same?
0: Yeah, I I don't think. I, I mean, the the, the the there was discussion about um, with with guys out of the lineup, with guys traded at the uh, trade deadline. Um, would the Canadians look different? Well, they've played without Sean Monahan already. Um, and haven't played well, but but um, so, you know, him out of the lineup um, is not going to be a huge negative. Uh, Joel Edmondson hasn't played well anyway, um, so they won't miss, uh, miss him if he's traded. And Josh Anderson, my goodness, um, he absolutely disappears off the map for, uh, you know, tens of games at a time. And so will the Canadians be different after the the trade deadline maybe marginally but but that's that's unlikely so as you said after 41 games they had 35 points in 27th spot um you know if if you you look at at the remainder of the season are they going to finish with 70 points are they going to be finished below 75 yeah i think that's uh there's a high possibility of that and 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 listen, that's that. Remember, that's that's fifteen more points than they had last season. They only had fifty five yeah. last season, so that's an improvement. Uh, but 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 we said at the time when we talked about this, don't expect a, an enormous improvement. Uh, and we we all talked we we, we talked about being below seventy five points, and I think we were dead on with that.
2: And that uh, ties in uh, quite nicely with uh, the final question that was asked. And that was, where will the Canadians finish in the standings? Uh, Ricky said 30th. I said 29th. Amy said 27th. So we're all kind of in the ballpark there. Right now, the Montreal Canadians are in 27th. So at least at the midway point, Amy is bang on. We'll see what happens there. I still think that uh, San Jose is a team that could move up a little bit. Uh, certainly, Arizona, with the way that uh, Karel Vamelko's been uh, playing, he, they could certainly move up a little bit as well. Um, do you stand by uh, your uh, prediction of thirtieth uh, place? Um,
0: well, and I thought that that Chicago and Arizona were were guaranteed to be below um, yeah. the Canadians, and and uh, and yes, I, I I believe that. I didn't expect Anaheim to be as bad as they are. They're really bad. I didn't expect Columbus to be. As bad as they are. So, um, I think generally we talked about the Canadians being in the bottom five, and I expect them to finish in the bottom five. Um, don't look now, but, uh, the Blackhawks <laughs> have just won three games <laughs> straight. Uh, uh, Columbus has lost three, Arizona has lost seven, uh, in a row. Um, so yes, um, as you said, at, well, at, at the, um, 41 game mark. They were uh the Canadians were 27th um and uh but we also have to keep an eye on the Florida uh, Panthers who are surprisingly um not doing well either. Um so right now uh if if we uh do the Tankathon thing and go to the drafts uh, lottery simulator, Columbus has the best chance at the uh, first overall pick at 25.5%, Chicago is second Anaheim third, 11.5 Canadians at 7.5 with their, uh, Florida pick, uh, at 5%. So, uh, I think, I think we were, um, we were all, um, um, you know, in the ballpark and certainly Amy was dead on with her 27th, um, uh, prediction right there.
2: Yeah, exactly. And like you said, I honestly didn't think that uh, Columbus was going to be this bad. And I thought that uh, San Jose might be a little bit higher up at this point in the season. But it looks like Columbus is uh, beating everyone at uh, the tanking (laughs) race. So you can't do better than that. (laughs) So uh, what we'll do here next is uh, we'll give out some grades. Uh, We're going to ask a variety of different questions, uh, such as best forward, best defenseman, biggest disappointment and whatnot. But uh, first and foremost, who holds the title? Uh, titles for the best and worst of the first half of the Montreal Canadiens season. Best forward, uh, we'll take uh, who we think is the best forward, and we'll also mention a runner-up here. Rick, I'll uh, get you started.
0: Even um, in spite of his, um, uh, well, he's having he's going through a bit of a rough patch. Uh, I think the best forward has been Nick Suzuki. Um, and Cole Caulfield would be the runner-up there. Cole Caulfield, kind of one-dimensional, um, but hmm. in a good way, uh, and he's he's scoring goals, and the Canadians need his goal scoring. So as far as best forwards, um, I, I didn't I didn't debate over this one very much. Um, I I picked uh, uh, Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield.
2: Yeah, I have the exact same thing. Uh, Nick Suzuki, won Caulfield, the runner-up. Uh, Suzuki right now has the most points. He's their captain. I, I think that he'll probably get out of this slump sooner rather than later. And then, of course, uh, the runner-up is uh, Caulfield. I think this could uh, end up swapping towards the end of the season. But like you mentioned, uh, Caulfield, he's the guy who scores goals a little bit one-dimensional. So that might uh, be a little bit extra in Nick Suzuki's favor. Right. Uh, so moving to defenseman, uh, we're going to do who we think the best defenseman is and who the runner-up is. I'll start on this one. Uh, For my best defenseman, uh, I put Keaton Gooley. I went with the rookie. Um, I think prior to injury, the best uh, defenseman on the team, definitely the most consistent. Uh, I think extra points for being a rookie on this team and uh, still faring off that well. My runner-up actually went with uh, Jordan Harris, uh, so maybe... That's a little bit uh, off the board for some people, but I I do like the consistency of Jordan Harris. Uh, Again, another rookie that uh, I thought has been a lot better than, most of the veterans on this team uh, seems to fare pretty well, holds his own, and uh, yeah, so gooley one, uh, Harris two.
0: Wow, well, great minds think alike because I also have I have Kaden gooley as uh, the Canadians' best defenseman. Yeah. Uh, you know, for those who want to take a simplistic approach and look at points, he's putting he has been putting up the points and and the best scoring defenseman. Uh, but it's more than that, and I, I think. I think um, you know the 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 amount of minutes that he puts in, um and when he got injured, the way the Canadians spoke about him from the head coach on down, and particularly uh the the veteran defenseman spoke about how much they were going to miss uh, Caden Gooley, how much they were going to miss his minutes, how much they were going to miss his leadership. um and and that, to me, uh, and and uh, since, well, I know we're going to be talking about how to properly pronounce names in, in the next segment. It, it is uh, Caden Gooley. Uh, it's Caden Gooley. Uh, I know the owner likes to call him Goulet, uh, but no, it's, uh, it's, it's Caden Gooley. Uh, the runner-up, Jordan Harris, for me, absolutely. And again, um, it, it, that was kind of solidified when Caden Gooley became injured because Jordan Harris just stepped in uh, to that place and has been the, the, Canadians best defenseman, uh, in, uh, Caden Gooley's absence. So, um, no, I'm, I'm, I'm right on board with you there.
2: Uh, the next one here, I think this is going to be the easiest one, uh, best goaltender. Did you not pick Jake Allen for this? I
0: didn't. I uh, withdrew this award. This withdrew, We we didn't award this uh, this trophy. Uh, <laughs> no. Um, I. You know when when uh, Jake Allen uh, received the Molson Cup for December and we posted it on Twitter along with his numbers for December, uh, or uh, we posted it on Twitter. We posted it on our Facebook page, facebook.com dot slash all habs. The response from from Canadians fans was overwhelming um you've got to be serious uh did he really win this award um so yes no we're i'm i'm not awarding and 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 that goes uh, (laughs) for the organization for laval too Uh, i'm not awarding a best goaltender award uh, for the first half
2: yeah, I, I do want to give uh, Jake Allen some praise for his play in uh, October and his play against uh, the Calgary Flames for sure. Uh, but uh, consistency has been an issue. Uh, I think we knew the goaltending wasn't going to be stellar going into this season, so no surprise there. I'll, I'll still I'll hand out the award to Jake Allen. Uh, he's All a right. good guy. He, I right. think he deserves it. Um, And I guess tying in uh, to um, what we're disappointed about, uh, we'll name our biggest disappointments. Uh, I'll start here uh, with my forward. Uh, I went with Evgeny Dadinov. Uh To me, he was a guy that uh, maybe could come in, help pitch in some offense, and then get traded at the trade deadline. Well, we just talked about how he's just not going to be traded at the de- trade deadline most likely. He's uh, just been awful uh, this season. Last year in Vegas, he had 20 goals, uh, 23 assists, uh, 43 points, in 78 games. I, I, I don't mind that I thought that that was pretty decent um in Montreal 33 games he has two goals eight assists so just absolutely like not good not good numbers at all Uh, looks very disengaged Uh, definitely not somebody that necessarily wants to be in Montreal at this rate I I think he's probably at best looking to sign a PTO next season if he wants to remain an NHLer
0: there's so uh, unfortunately, there's so many that fit this category. Um, yeah, uh, Dadinov is hard. one, Jonathan druan is another, but but were the expectations that high uh, for druan and and I kind of tried to put myself back in the expectations that we had at the beginning of the season. and I think that for for lots of Habs fans, the expectations for Yuri Slavkowski were off the charts and they were talking about, a first line of Suzuki and Caulfield and Slavkovsky, and they were going to dominate, and they were going to be the best line in the in the National Hockey League, and and Slavkovsky was going to run over people, and he was going to score, and um, and he hasn't done that. Uh, now, was that is that Slavkovsky's fault, or is that, I mean, the Canadians oversold this player because they were trying to justify their their selection uh, at the draft. They greatly oversold. His ability to play in a big market, to play against men, um, you know what they didn't say is that he's a long, long-term project, and he's raw in so many areas of his game. Uh, and for me, it's not just that he hasn't scored. Um, the The statistic that really hit me uh, was in the Seattle game, he he got his second high-danger scoring chance since December first.
2: Oof
0: yikes um but i'm having said that he's not going to be my biggest disappointment he he has (laughs) been uh he's not it's it's going to and i've got a tie here between josh anderson and brendan gallagher uh brendan gallagher this was the season of brendan this was the season of healthy brendan um and it hasn't been that way and josh anderson uh, just completely disappears for such long stretches and you forget that he's, he's even on the team. He was thought that um, at the beginning of the season, that he would be the perfect compliment uh, for Suzuki and Caulfield. And he hasn't been that. Um, and, and just the invisible nature of Josh Anderson uh, puts him on the biggest disappointment list.
2: Yeah, I agree. There are lots of guys that probably uh, fit this on the Montreal Canadiens, a little bit difficult to narrow it down to one, but, um, My decision with uh, Dadnov, it could have easily have been any one of the players you mentioned as well. Uh, For me, I I know that uh, at the early parts of the season, there was still discussion of whether it'd be a good idea to put Slavkovsky in Laval or not. So at least my expectations were a little bit tempered. But I know a lot of people still had very high expectations for Slavkovsky. Uh, Some people were calling for him to get the calder this year. That's, That's definitely not going to be the case. Uh, so speaking of uh, disappointments, and there were a lot of other guys I could have put in this area too. Uh, biggest defo- disappointment in defense, I went with Chris Weidman. I have to give an honorable mention to uh, Mike Matheson. I-, I think you could probably put Joel Edmondson in that uh, category as well. But I went with the Chris Weidman uh, last season. He seemed like uh, a decent puck moving guy. A nice reclamation project for the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, He was able to contribute a little bit on the power play, uh, contribute offensively this season. No, yet to score his first goal, only four assists. Uh, He's been a healthy scratch at times, uh, does not really seem to have a role in this lineup. Uh, So Chris Weidman is my biggest uh, disappointment in defense.
0: Yeah, I had it uh, a tie here as well. Uh, between a couple of names you've already mentioned, Joel Edmondson and Mike Matheson. Joel Edmondson, um, you know, said it wasn't going to be the same kind of season where where he missed uh, the opening. It turns out he missed a lot of games at, at uh, um, the opening of the season. And when he came into the lineup, he wasn't very good, and he hasn't been very good. Uh, and I don't know if it's, as he says, his back is is fine. He doesn't look fine out there. Um, he's not playing anywhere near um, what he's, he had been. You know, you think about the the playoff run um, uh, for, uh, for the Canadians. He hasn't been close to that. Mike Matheson, um, and, and I should say Edmondson's wearing an A, uh, and, and uh, Gallagher's wearing an A, and there's certain expectations that go along with that that, that may not be uh, having been met here. Uh, Mike Matheson, again, this was a case of of uh, Habs management just overselling a player. Uh, this was supposed to be the the replacement for Petrie, and they talked about he would play 21 minutes. That was because Petrie played 21 minutes, not because Matheson had ever played 21 minutes. Um, talked about him being first pairing. Talked about uh, the fact that he was from the area. He spoke French, and, and he was going to be... You know, the marquee uh, uh, defenseman, and and where has he been? Um, It's been nothing but but injuries for him. So, uh, Matheson and Edmondson, uh, the biggest disappointments on defense for me.
2: Yep. Obviously, those two were my runners-up, so I can't disagree with you there. Uh, On a more positive note, uh, we'll take a look at our biggest surprise. Uh, We'll also include a runner-up for this one. Uh, my biggest surprise was Caden uh, Gooley. Uh, I didn't think he was going to come in and be the best f- defenseman right away. I certainly had some high expectations for him, but there was maybe uh, still a debate, maybe more so uh, before the preseason started, of whether or not Gooley would crack the NHL lineup right away. But he did, and he fits in perfectly. So I'm not uh, I'm not uh, complaining about anything that Gooley's done. He'll, he's definitely my biggest surprise uh, my runner-up, I actually went with Kirby Doc. I was not sure what to expect from him this season. Uh, I know that he uh, had some issues in Chicago, but uh, so far with the Montreal Canadiens in 32 games, he has 26 points. Uh, of course, he's riding shotgun uh, with uh, Caulfield and Suzuki, and I'm sure that's uh, helped his uh, point production go up uh, quite a bit. But uh, he's come in. I think he's looked pretty good, and uh, he seems like a bit of a stinger in the shootout as well. So Kirby Doc's my runner-up.
0: I like that pick, um, but I was focused on on defense here because I think overall the defense has been the biggest surprise, and I shoehorned three guys into the two spots for <laughs> um, a biggest surprise and runner-up. Kane uh, Gooley, I'll agree with you. Um, yes, we we knew he was going to uh, be a good defenseman. He was going to be he was going to make an impact, but to be the Canadian's best defenseman out of the gate. Um, and, and uh, you know, talked about—I I already talked about his leadership and, um, and, and the anchor of the defense. I don't think n- anyone expected that. Uh, Jordan Harris, um, uh, you know, there was some question uh, for, from all of us whether he was going to be in Montreal or Laval, and he's been absolute re- absolutely tremendous. And, and Arbor Jacai, it wasn't that uh, there was any question about his toughness, but could he play? Could he play in the NHL? Um, and, and, and could he play well enough that he wasn't uh, often a, a healthy scratch? And, and so uh, for those two spots, I have uh, Gooley, Harris, and Jackey.
2: Yeah, not bad. Uh, I like those two picks. <laughs> um, <laughs> I guess uh, keeping along with some positivity, uh, the next uh, one is best uh, decision by management this season. Um, we're counting only like in season, I guess, like preseason till now. Uh, nothing uh, in like the off season. We're not going to count anything like that. Right. Uh, so the one I went with was uh, the Jonathan Kovačević uh, waiver pickup. At the time uh, coming out of the preseason, there was definitely some question about what Montreal was going to do with uh, their defense. Uh, There was a possibility that they could have three very inexperienced uh, rookies uh, in their starting lineup on that blue line. And uh, people were looking around the league and thinking, okay, who might be available in trade? I didn't think they were going to make a waiver pickup. I didn't think it was going to be Jonathan Kovacevic, and I didn't realize that Jonathan Kovacevic was going to come in and be a steady guy on the blue line. He's looked pretty good. He's fit in, and very few complaints on my end about Jonathan Kovacevic. So what do you think the best uh, management decision has been so far this season?
0: I'm right there with you. Absolutely the waiver pickup of Jonathan Kovacevic. And and as we said, it was a breaking news item uh, for our, our uh our preseason um, uh, show, and uh, I've always liked Jonathan Kovačević. Uh, in that show, we explained that that we were at the United Center uh, when he was picked in the third round by the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, we ran into him by by accident outside the and had a, a chat with him. A very um, a nice young man, um, has size, um, uh, can move the puck. Um, he, you know, it, it was just a uh, the way things kind of fell into place for uh, Kent Hughes in that uh, the Jets had, um, they had a log jam at defense. Um, and, um, and and Jonathan Kovacevic, not a, not very many games experience in the NHL level, but a ton of experience at the AHL level with the Manitoba Moose, had played very well, um, had some scoring touch as well, uh, put up some points there for for Manitoba. And uh, and he's come in, and um, the other bonus is that he plays on the right side. Remember our discussions about yep. <laughs> who's going to be moved, who's going to be playing out of position. Uh, he's played on the on the right, and and uh, with Jordan Harris for the most part, and the two of them have been uh, terrific together.
2: Uh, so, on the note of management decisions, we'll uh, I guess take a little negative approach to it. Uh, the next question is what was the worst management decision so far this season for me it's keeping Slavkovsky in the NHL the full season I think that uh, the mistake was not putting him in Laval right away uh there were a lot of leaks and a lot of discussions at the beginning of the year whether or not they were going to do that as it just didn't look like Slavkovsky was quite ready um I think that uh, some fans were ready to embrace that Slavkovsky was going to be a bit of a project and just you know let him develop and we'll worry about uh, him being this big point producer further down the road, and uh, they decided to keep him in the NHL and he's still here. He's not uh, he's not playing spectacularly. You see the flashes of brilliance, but uh, like I said, ten points so far this season. That's nowhere near the expectations. And it just seems like the conversation of Slavkovsky going to Laval is ongoing. It seems to come up every few weeks, uh, and some people are saying yes, some people are saying no. I think the mistake was not uh, straight out of the gate putting him down there and just letting him play and adjust to the North American style. Uh, So, Rick, uh, what do you think the worst management decision was this season?
0: Yeah, I I, think had that on my list too. I, 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 I understand why the Montreal, why Kent Hughes may not have wanted him there to start the season um, because it might've looked bad for them. They, they were considering the optics I'm sure. And they wanted their first round pick to be in the opening night lineup. I get that. Uh, But after, or before the 10 game mark, there was lots of speculation whether he uh, should have gone down. And I, I, I agree with you. I think he should have gone down early, He's just got so many things to learn, um, y- you know. We, we and 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 it's it's difficult to watch. Some nights he looks so uh, absolutely lost. Um, he's taken a number of big hits. Um, he, he that that he seems uh, that he's not expecting. Um, he's not using his his size or his ability, his possession ability. He's he's not scoring. He's not um, creating. Uh, chances, even um, they, he's not processing the game at the, at the NHL speed. There's so, so many things that he needs to learn, and and uh, I I think it's um, yeah, it's a real crime that that, that is um, one of the worst management decisions. Um, the one I had uh, that that topped my list was was retaining Alex Burroughs. Um, Alex Burroughs on the coaching staff has been a disaster. Uh, the power play has been a disaster, the worst power play in the National Hockey League, bar none. Um, and it, it, you know, Alex Burroughs had no experience and, and really hasn't shown us that he is uh, progressing at all. Um, and, and I understand that Uh, Marty St. Louis came in. He's inexperienced, so it's helpful to him to have inexperienced guys around him because they don't challenge him. They don't challenge his -hmm. decisions or his authority. But boy, keeping Alex Burrows, a bad decision. Uh, The thing is, you know, we might go through this season. You know what might have the most impact as the worst decision? And that's not replacing J.F. Wool because there has been so little development going on his focus on winning and he hasn't been doing that either um, and and Jeff wool was not uh, their guy was not the the was not hired by um, the Gordon uh, Ken Hughes team uh, that might come back to bite them as as their worst decision um, but for now I'm sticking with with Burrows
2: yeah, that's a really good point, too. Um, right now, Montreal's power play is a disaster. Uh, it doesn't look like it's getting any better. I've not really seen any adjust- adjustments there, so I completely understand that. And uh, the JF Wool thing. Yeah, that, that is another thing that could come back uh, to bite them. Uh, I know the last two weeks it looked like Laval was playing better and they could put themselves back into a playoff position uh, after this past week. Three straight losses again. It doesn't look like that's going to happen. Uh, no development uh, and no winning happening in Laval. So uh, I completely understand and uh, I do wonder if Jeff Wool is uh, going to get uh, pulled at some point this season. Uh, going back to a little bit more of a positive note, uh, we're going to ask something a little bit more fun. And, um, we narrowed this down to our top five earlier this year, but, uh, the number one, most memorable Canadians game moment of the first half of the season. Uh, Rick, I'll let you start with uh, what do you think that is?
0: Uh, I don't think any moment on ice moment has been talked about as much um, as Arbor jackie's first NHL fight was with Zach Cassian. Uh, that was uh, that happened towards well, it was the twentieth of October, um, and and for for Zsakai to choose uh, Zach Cassian, uh, you know, tough guy, really tough guy to completely take him um, off guard. Uh, you know uh, Jack I didn't wait to, to, to f- have them set. he just dove in and uh, sent a message throughout the league that he's a force to be reckoned with. I don't think there's there's any moment for me that that uh, had an impact on the on the, the first half of, of the season uh, than Arbor Jackey's first fight.
2: Yeah, that's uh, that's kind of the exact same thing that I put. Um, I think earlier this year, actually the very first uh, episode we put out in 2023, uh, we put our top five uh, moments of the season so far and uh, Arbor Jacki's fight obviously was in that. I think had we not done that episode, I may have uh, gone a different way, but uh, that uh, certainly got me all hyped up about it again. I went back and watched... uh, the replay of this on YouTube a whole bunch of times. So I'm going to have to go with uh, Arbor Jack. fight versus uh, Zach Cassian just quite, quite the memorable moment Uh, took uh, everyone off guard, including Cassian and Jack. I solidified himself as uh, a bit of a force to be reckoned with uh, sent a message around the league. Like he said, absolutely. Uh, So finally uh, the last question we have on this uh, segment here, What are your player grades for the first half of the Canadian season so far? Um, I gave them a C plus. Uh, Started strong, kind of went down a little bit. Uh, They're quite hyped up uh, compared to what I think that they were able to do. And then now I think they're more what I predicted they were going to be at the beginning of the season, which is... Bottom of the Atlantic uh, within uh, that, uh, I guess, tanking for Bedard. Uh, I give them a C C+. Uh, l- maybe that's a little bit high, but I thought they had a very good start to the year. And there are certain players that uh, I just, I, I couldn't give them anything lower than that. I don't think a Caulfield deserves uh, the, that lower mark. I don't think uh, Suzuki deserves that lower mark. Um, right now, yeah, I think C-plus is going to be a good one for them.
0: And we turn it over to you. We turn it over to our listeners, and we want to hear from you. Text us, 5853ROCKETS. Send us an email, info at allhabs.net. And if you want to grade any of the players individually, if you want to grade the team, uh, if you want to choose any of the categories and disagree with us and offer your own, uh, we really want to hear from you. Uh, we're, these segments, we, we do for you, and, and we really um, love getting Uh, your opinions and 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 your views and uh, uh, so send us an email uh, send us a text or reach out to us on social
2: media of course and uh, coming up it is going to be the have your say segment uh, but for now here we'll uh, take our final break Uh, stay with us you are listening to canadians connection podcast on rocket sports radio
1: The Canadian's Connection is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com.
2: Welcome back to episode 226 of the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. You can follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Plus, check out the website, CanadiansConnection.com. Also, just a reminder, you can text us anytime via the Rocket Sports text line. That's 5853-ROCKET, 5853-ROCKET. Uh, so make sure you read when you reach out to you give us uh, your first name and where you're from uh, that way we know who's texting us and uh, it, it, when we read it on air we'll give you a nice shout out as well. Uh, so it was fun to go back and look uh, at our early season predictions to see uh, how things were tracking so far. Uh, nice to see that uh, we are tracking right on some of those. Not so nice to see that uh, Amy was very right on certain <laughs> ones. But uh, you know what? We'll see how the season plays out here.
0: Well, it was, it was very fun. Well, we'll have Amy on at the end of the season to review those, and, and certainly it's something we'll do again next season.
2: Yeah, but uh, helping you stay up to date on the Montreal Canadiens uh, throughout the rest of this season and uh, throughout the entire year, actually, is uh, the Rocket Sports team. Uh, please make sure you check out uh, All Habs magazine at allhabs.net. Weekly, you'll find uh, Chris G.'s Habs Notepad. He'll keep you up to date on everything uh, newsworthy uh, from the Montreal Canadiens organization. Also, this past week, uh, Rocket Sports contributor Gustav put out uh, an interesting feature. Uh, it's entitled "Setting Priorities." So it seems like this is uh, about development, isn't it, Rick?
0: Well, it's one of his, it is, um, and and also one of his priorities is re- relates to Cole Caulfield. He wants to see Cole Caulfield sign, so it's it's an interesting article uh, talking about uh, the future of the Canadians and and what they need to do over the next little while, and you'll wanna you'll wanna read it at allhabs.net.
2: Also, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Just search at All Habs, and you can find us there. Uh, weekly, the Habs Hockey Report comes out, hosted by Amy Johnson. Uh, that comes out in the midweek, uh, Thursday evening, and that gives you all, all your Habs updates and interesting topics. Uh, this past week uh, it was an episode entitled, You're Saying Yesa Name Wrong. I believe <laughs> I said it right there, though. You did. Um, <laughs> more often not, than not, I think uh, we hear Jesse Ulanen. No, that's not actually correct. Uh, Amy did an interview with uh, Yessa Ullinen not too long ago. You can also find that uh, on the YouTube channel and listen to it. And uh, she found out the exact right way to pronounce that name. So tune in uh, and you get to check that out. Uh, She also... Uh, loves to interact with her viewers, so like, leave a comment. Uh, she'll respond. She might even read it on air. And uh, Rick, uh, what do you like about the ho- the Habs Hockey Report?
0: It's great. Uh, that that uh, video is great, but there's lots of them on there that you'll want to see. And and go to YouTube.com, search for at all Habs, all one word, uh, and and you'll find uh, that you're saying yes, a uh, Ulan uh, and wrong, and you'll find a whole host of others that... Uh, won't take up a lot of your time, and, uh, and you'll certainly enjoy.
2: So make sure you hit that subscribe button, and you'll never miss a single episode. Also, make sure you hit the subscribe button on our Rocket Sports Radio podcast. Uh, every Tuesday, the Press Zone comes out. You can find that at the uh hosted by Amy, Patrick, and Rick. That's uh, your inside source on the Laval Rocket, AHL, anything Habs Prospects. Uh, we talk a little bit about Habs Prospects in this uh, podcast, but if you want to go into all further detail and find out anything and everything about the Habs prospects, the press zone is the best place to do that. So make sure you're subscribed. Also, every Saturday, the Canadians Connection podcast comes out. Uh, You can find that at CanadiansConnection.fm. We're here year-round to give you all your Habs news and updates, Uh, also interesting uh, topics of discussion. And uh, we also love to interact with our listeners too, so make sure you reach out to us. If you have any comments uh, about the podcast, uh, we'd love to hear from you. So now I think it's a good time to get to our Canadians Connection question of the week. Did the Canadians meet or fall short of your expectations in the first half of the season. So let us know what your thoughts are there. Uh, are they better than you thought? Are they worse than you thought? We want to hear all about it. And uh, please make sure uh, when you do uh, reach out to us, uh, you give us your first name and where you're from. That way, when we read it, we know who it's from, where you, where you are, and uh, we might even read it out on air. Uh, you can text us anytime via the Rocket Sports text line. I'll say it again. 5853-ROCKET if you want to hear, uh, if you want to let us know.
0: And, and let us know which which ones. Which ones met your ex, uh, your expectations? Which ones fell short? Which ones exceeded your expectations? Um, and I know that that a, a discussion on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash all Habs, uh, more than 50,000 Habs fans there discussing um, whether um, Jonathan Drouin has met expectations, particularly mm-hmm. after his three secondary assists uh, that, that folks have been talking about. And, and uh, yeah, I don't think our, um, our, our Habs fans are too impressed with that accomplishment.
2: Coming up uh, for the Montreal Canadiens, bit of a busy week uh, as it stands today. Saturday, January the 14th, uh, Montreal is in New York to face the Islanders, so they get to see uh, Alexander Romanov. Uh, we'll see uh, if uh, Romanov uh, lands any big hits on uh, Montreal Canadiens players, if uh, Montreal Canadiens players land any big hits on him. So it should be a nice physical affair there uh tomorrow on the 15th of january uh, montreal uh, goes to uh, visit the new york rangers so that's uh, jeff gordon's former team so that should be pretty interesting as well and i've just uh, mentioned
0: uh, heads up there and 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 you'll know this if if you go to allhabs.net and and read our game previews because we'll we'll give you the heads up but it is a 5 p.m start tomorrow at madison square garden so uh just be aware sunday afternoon almost a matinee um, it, it clashes with the Minnesota Vikings game. How could they do that? Um, but but <laughs> an afternoon start uh, for Habs and Rangers.
2: A couple of days later on January the 17th, uh, Winnipeg comes to Montreal. So that's uh, Jonathan Kovacevic's former team. So we'll get to see if he uh, can have some revenge on them. And ending the week on the 19th of January, uh, Florida comes into Montreal uh, Montreal is going to want to win that so that, uh, the Florida draft pick ends up being a lot higher. So kind of a win-win, uh, sure win, we right? Do that. Yeah. No matter. Actually, who- <laughs> yeah. Even if they lose it, right. means their <laughs> draft picks going to be higher. So yeah. yeah, no, you can't lose that game no matter what. So I think for us, that's going to be a wrap today. Uh, thank you all for tuning in and listening. Uh, make sure you're subscribed to the Canadians connection podcast in the player, uh, on your favorite podcast app. And, uh, you can share on social media if you like what you heard. Enjoy your week, and we'll be back here next Saturday, January the 21st, for another great episode. Thank you all once again for listening to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio.
1: Click subscribe so you never miss an episode of Canadians Connection. Visit allhabs.net for breaking news about the Montreal Canadiens.